We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. What's going on, world? This is episode 22 of Brunch Culture. Yes, we are at episode 22 of Brunch Culture. I'm your boy, Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Lisa Victoria. What's up, y'all? All right, so we're going to dive in with our weekend review. Lisa, kick it off for us. So this week we had the midterm elections. Um, yeah, for the Democrats, there was a a really devastation in the results. Uh, y'all pretty much got slaughtered uh, by the GOP. I'm a registered Republican, so it kind of went in my favor. Um, even though I'm more moderate these days, I'm more moderate these days. I I, I vote for who I like. Or who whose values best align with mine? I just don't align myself with the party. So <clears throat> when we started before the elections, the Democrats held 55 seats in the Senate, and the Republicans held 45, giving the the Democrats the majority in the Senate. Now, after the elections, post the elections starting in January, the Democrats will hold 46 seats, and the Republicans will hold 52, giving them the majority. So we already had control in the House. Now we have control in the Senate, and we have a greater majority in the House now going from 233 to 244. So, yeah, which I was kind of – I was excited because I'm I, – no, I was kind of indifferent, to be honest, because I know we have a Democratic president and a Republican House and Senate means that nothing probably will get done because they're going to be bumping heads and the Republicans are going to block everything that the president tries to put out there. And I support, no matter what party, I support who the president is. Now, I might disagree with some of the things, but I support the president because that's who's the president. So I'm just sad that maybe a lot of things will get blocked and a lot of things will be gridlocked. So Exactly. I think you pointed out a good point. Um, You know, I wasn't too much of a happy camper, uh, but I will say, aside from politics, aside from disagreeing with uh, the way that people want to govern, I think at the end of the day, if you look at the outcome of the election and you look at the president and his administration and you see that quite possibly the narrative in which we've seen for so long now, and which is probably going to go for in the next two years, is not much will be done. And at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt the politicians. It doesn't hurt Congress or the president as much as it hurts the people. And that's what we don't want to see. We don't want to see this stagnant movement in our government because, as I said, it really does impact us and we get the negative end point. All I'll just say, you know, for those people that got up and that got out and voted, thank you. It's great. Continue to do it. Continue to advocate for voting, even if you think your friends already know. 
If your family already knows, if you already know, we have to make this thing a priority. Um, and I say either way, you know, as, if you're voting Republican or you are Republican, no matter what your race, even if you're African-American, I support you being an informed voter. And if that's the way that your heart is swayed, by all means, go. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it. But I think people getting out and voting and this being the true voice of the people, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, this is the voice of the American people. Well, not so much, because if we look at the percentage of actual voters compared to the number of Americans and people that can vote, that's not really high. So it doesn't uh, – I don't think that it's a representation of everybody, but it definitely is a representation of those people that decided to vote. So we just have to move forward and hope for the best and hope that these next two years are not the hardest two years ever. Yeah, that's the prayer. Yeah, so this week in review is not good news at all. Um, I'm bearing some more unfortunate news. I know Ricky Solly definitely agrees and suffered with me. Uh, he had a segment on Dish Nation, and basically he was pretty upset and disappointed, but ultimately happy. And, you know, I applaud him for being able to be dignified in it, but I was pretty distraught. Kelly Rowland gave birth to her firstborn son uh, with her husband, Mr. Tim Witherspoon, her son. Her son's name is Titan Jewel Witherspoon. And, you know, people don't understand. I've just felt some sort of way. And I don't even like using that term because I feel like it's whack. But I just don't even know how to describe how I felt. It's just a really, really tough week for me. When I was 13 years old, it was my first time meeting Kelly, and, you know, I told her that I loved her, and she told me that she loved me as well, and I just knew that she was going to be the mother of my child. And, you know, even when she married Tim Witherspoon, I was like, oh, it's just because he's a producer and, you know, he's our manager. And, you know, she's just – it's a business move. And then I found out that she was pregnant, and I was like, nah, you know, it's a lot. And then she turned up with these pictures, and I was like, you know what? She just wants me to be a stepdad. That's all, you know. I felt in my spirit that, you know, God was calling me to be a stepdad. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, this is it. And now that she's had the baby and, like, it's a boy, and I'm like, dang, now, like, you know, we get together and she divorced him and we get mad, like, I'm going to have to change his last name. So what does work, though, is that his last name starts with Witherspoon. So she won't be completely uncom- uncomfortable because, like, her and uh, Baby Titan's initials won't change because with a spoon Williams. So that's that's what I'm I'm finding solace in that and it's just been a rough week. It really has. It's been so, a bit of a rough really, week. Really Kelly, really she's doing this to get back at you. You know, I think she was upset because I had some since thirteen and I've had had some relationships and she wasn't informed about all of them, but you know I was young and I'm older so, now, more mature. Was and Dirty I'm, Laundry about you? Cause I, well, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Now, you know, she, she's been doing some things in the industry, and that caused her to, like, you know, get physical with some dudes. And But I was there supporting her. Like, I was, you know, when she oh, told okay. me about it, I just I let her know that I love her. And, you know, she has a thing for industry guys, but she don't understand, you know, an honest, hardworking But what, guy. I thought Roy Ray was a football player, though. 
that, well, he's in a a major industry. He's been on. When I say industry, I mean dudes that be like on the magazines and stuff. You know, I'm working. I'm gonna get there, but she's just going through a phase, though. So that's all. She's going okay. through a phase. Okay. Well, you know. Now that we've reviewed um, his his problems, obviously My this sorrow. is a problem. His sorrow. We <laughs> want to move into more important real news. <laughs> Thanks for discrediting my feelings, Lisa. Thank you. You know, you always be like, as men, we need to express ourselves and see. I express myself and. You won't. You're not even supporting me. Well, That's you know, right, you need to have reasonable expression. You need to be able to let people say what's on their heart. That was but on my heart. Bring them back to reality when they drift off. <laughs> no good. <laughs> but today, in our main topic, we want to discuss an article that has gone viral by Lawrence Otis Graham who is an attorney in New York and author of 14 books, including Our Kind People and The Senator and The Socialite. He wrote an article in the Washington Post called, I Taught My Black Kids That Their Elite Upbringing Would Protect Them From Discrimination. I Was Wrong. And, yeah, it's a lot to be said about this article. Basically, the overview of it is he <clears throat> grew up, and he was, him and his wife are Ivy League. And since they grew up in the segregation era, they knew how it was to be discriminated against. So they wanted to make sure their children didn't have that experience. So they did all these things to make their children more socially acceptable or more white or, as Randall says, Anglo-Saxon, um, putting their children in the very best schools, dressing them in preppy clothes, teaching them the right vernacular, um, equipping them basically in what he's conveying to me to be white. And his son was still discriminated against. He was was off to boarding school for for a summer program, and his son was called a nigger. And, yeah, he was all up in arms about the fact that they called him that, and he couldn't believe that. With all of this, with it being 2014, with them having that upbringing, with them being where they are and being well off, that this would happen to his son. And I have a few problems with this. Number one, he is basically suggesting that African-American culture is synonymous with ratchetness. Now, I know that we see a lot of ratchetness on TV with black people. We had another episode about, you know, is reality TV painting the black image? But in the same regard, we have Honey Boo Boo on TV as well. But that doesn't take the white image um, in the minds of people. And my thought is, so are you saying a well-dressed black person is synonymous with being white? There's the fact that I grew up in a two-parent household we grew up in the middle class, does that mean we're white? Or it, does it just mean we're black? You know, is my upbringing white? We grew up in a black middle class neighborhood. So is my neighborhood a white neighborhood? But it's no white people. Like, you know, we didn't dress in baggy clothes. Our clothes fit. We weren't 
upper class like Lawrence Graham, but I just I see just problems with that. I, I, I don't know. What do you think, Randall? So I definitely I follow you and I think that that aspect of the article speaks to this a larger issue that we have in our media and in our society as a whole. Um, there are things that can be done by black people, and when it's done by black people, it's ratchet, it's bad, it's terrible, it's not appreciated. But when it's done by someone of a fair skin, then it becomes celebrated. It's great. It's wonderful. One of the biggest things that we see today is this idea of twerking. Now, in hip-hop culture and music, you know, people have been twerking, women have been twerking for years and years on end. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, Juvenile Song, Back That Up, all they did in the video was twerk. It doesn't become a thing until Miley Cyrus takes interest in it and starts twerking, gets a gang of black girls in her videos and on stage, and they twerk. And, oh, my gosh, now everybody's twerking. It's acceptable. It's a thing. Women having big booties and being curvaceous. Women have been, black women have been curvy, and that's been celebrated in the black community for years on end. Pam Greer was curvy as, like, crazy. But when Jennifer Lopez comes out and is, cur- is curvy, when Kim Kardashian is cur- curvy, I'll even push to say when Beyonce becomes curvy, as a fair-skinned woman, it's acceptable. We like it. This is something that everybody wants. So now we have everybody getting breast implants and butt injections and hip injections and all these things. And it just kind of speaks to this idea that it's bad until someone else co-signs on it. Uh, but one thing, I, I, a, a number of things that stuck out to in the article to me, um, one, I definitely commend him for being transparent about, hey, my wife and I intentionally did this. Our thought process process were because of our experience and the negative experience we had growing up as black people, as black, you know, children, um, a black man and a black woman, we wanted to protect our children from that. So initially when I read the title, I was like, I don't want to read this. This dude is real ignorant. I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to go in. But I actually admire the fact of how transparent he is. But you know, reading the article, one of the things that bothered me a lot was this idea of wanting to blend and the need to not be associated with being black in order for it to be acceptable. Like, why can't we just be educated, well-dressed, uh, successful, affluent black people that exist in a community where there's just not a lot of black people, but we still acknowledge the fact that we're black. We still acknowledge that we are different um, in that in that regard. And I think it was the part when he was talking about his son and he was saying that his son didn't want to notify the dean or tell his friends or anybody of what happened to him when the, the people in the car called him the N-word because he didn't want anybody to see him as racial. He didn't want the school to think that he was racial. He didn't want any of his friends to look at him and say that you're not one of us, you're different, you're racial. And to me, that was like the biggest red flag because I'm like, dude, do you realize that you have trained your children to not be proud of where they come from, who they are, their own heritage, that you've stripped them so much from not just 
making them wear certain type of clothes or speak a certain way or attend certain events or be involved in a certain group. You haven't just done that. You've completely snatched an identity from them. So that's why his son was having such a huge problem. It was He was having an identity crisis. For him, I am a white male. I might look different, but no one else sees that but me. And when somebody called him out on it, he was flustered, frustrated, and still to this day, he said, like, his son still has an issue walking to school and has problems with it. And that's because you've taken away his identity. Is it, I don't think any of us, you know, like to hear that word or like to hear any type of racial slurs, but at the end of the day, being associated and connected to other people that understand that and understand where you come from, that helps. You know, if you've been snatched away from those people, held hostage to kind of be amongst these type of people to kind of conform, the minute you hit something that says that you're different, you don't know what to deal with. And I think that was one of one of the major things that stuck out to me because I'm like, it's so sad that your child is in this situation, but, you know, while you write this article, you have to be honest to yourself and say that you have done your child a disservice because at the end of the day, He's going through an identity crisis because you robbed him of his heritage and his identity. That's one of the biggest things that stuck out to me. Yeah, and two, I think when they he listed in the article some things that they trained their children not to do, and for me, it was it was nine things, and I want, I definitely want to read these out. Never run while the view of a police officer or security person, unless it's unless it is apparent that you are jogging for exercise because a cynical observer might think you are fleeing a crime. Carry a small tape recorder in the car, and when you in the drive, you are the driver or passenger or even in the back seat, and the vehicle has been stopped by the police, keep your hands high where they can be seen and make friend, maintain a friendly and non-questioning demeanor. Always zip your backpack firmly closed or leave it in the car so the cashier won't suspect you shoplifting, never leave a shop without a receipt. Um, if, if going separate ways after get-together with friends, you are using taxis, ask your white friend to hail you a cab first. When you're unsure about the proper attire for a play date or a party, or on the side of being more formal in the clothing selection, do not go for pleasure walks in any residential neighborhood after sundown. Um, if you wear a T-shirt, make sure to a public event, make sure it's a respected and recognizable school embroidered on its front. And in, in, when entering a small store of any type, immediately make friendly eye contact with the shopkeeper and cashier. Smile and say good morning or good afternoon. And I'm just like, really? That's a lot to have to go through. Yeah. The saddest thing, though, is he did this. Uh, to, he told his children that from the from, with the with the mindset that this is going to keep them, this is going to protect them from being considered black or a threat. But the saddest thing is, some of these bullet points didn't sound they weren't too far fetched for me because in so many ways these are things that my mom told me just to make sure that I wouldn't be in trouble. I wouldn't be in danger. When interacting with police officers, 
being calm, always being respectful, if whether they're right or wrong, basically accepting and, and, and abiding by whatever they told you to do. Speaking to people, my dad, I remember my dad basically saying you disarm people when you speak to them and when you acknowledge them and you let them know that you are aware of them. And, and it's so funny because as I got older, I realized just how much people are uneasy just seeing me and my stature, but the minute that I open my mouth and I start to engage them, it becomes, oh, okay, you're nice, you're cool, and I'm okay. And those types of things, it's just sad to know that we have to have those conversations. I remember when Trayvon Martin happened, and uh, I was an accountant. I was working uh, for my university, and I was an accountant in the accounting office, and I had an assistant. And I remember speaking about the talk, and I remember my assistant saying, what talk? And I'm like, you know, the talk. He's like, what talk? And so I went through and explained to him that, you know, we actually have to have a talk. Like my, my, our parents tell, teach us how to deal with police officers, how to deal with people of authority uh, from government and law enforcement. And he, I'm like, you know, you don't have that talk? And he's like, no. Nobody ever told me. I, and I'm like, how do you deal with them? I say what I want to say. I do what I want to do. Like, they are, no, they, they are people just like I'm people. And I'm like, man, that type of luxury that you have, that's insane to me. Because, honestly, until Trayvon Martin, it hadn't even clicked to me that it was an issue, that it was a major problem. But thinking about it, I'm like, gosh, this really is a thing that you guys have the luxury to not even deal with that I always have to deal with. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I, and that goes back to the, the argument of white privilege. And sometimes when you hear your Bill O'Reilly's or those on Fox news talk, it's as if they don't understand this or, you know, they'll say things like, white privilege, we have a black president. How white, How is there white privilege? And the scapegoat for everything is the black president without understanding there's still these prejudices and there's still racism and people still do look down on black people. And segregation wasn't that far, you know, it wasn't, we're not that far removed for, from it, you know. So... And so one of the things that I was just going to say, one of the things that kind of frustrates me, and I think that we don't, I think we have to be mindful of it when we present the stories. And, again, it's an issue. It's something that we should have to do. But I think in order to get people to understand where we're coming from, the term racist and racism has become so stretched out of whack and so overly used and used in situations where they shouldn't be used that I think people lose respect for them. So when you say that someone offends you or someone is doing something that is not right, it's calling them a racist. It's like, oh, well, I don't live my life uh, hating black people or trying to lynch somebody or saying that using the N-word towards people. The racist racism and racists aren't so overt today. They These people aren't, you know, it doesn't exist. You can be racist in this situation or have a racist viewpoint or have a prejudice in this, in this particular situation, but that doesn't mean that it spills to every form of your life. And I think we have to present it in a way that people can understand that this doesn't make you a completely horrible person. 
This just means that you have some growing and some learning and some personal consideration to do. Because I believe now, particularly when this happened recently, we were talking about the whole Halloween thing and people dressing up in blackface. And I remember giving uh, uh, a couple, making a couple posts on Facebook on a couple comments and pictures that people post, basically explaining the historical significance of why this is offensive, why this is a problem, what it speaks to, the things that happen in our history, and people saying, well, they're not racist. I know this person. This person is racist. Was it racist when Marlon Wayans uh, dressed up at, in white chicks? And just getting people to understand that I'm not saying that this person's entire existence is, existence is negative and null and void and they're around saying that we should make all black people slaves again. Like, it's not that extreme. There are subtle things. There are ignorances that we have to call out and make sure people understand that this is offensive and we shouldn't do it. And I think as we have these conversations, we have to be open to hearing the sides of people that completely don't agree. Like I have uh, some business fraternity brothers that completely don't agree that with the, the fact that racism actually exists today. And it becomes a lot initially, but hearing their, their story and being understanding of where they're coming from, it opens the door for me to say, okay, let me use this as a teachable moment to let you know, hey, this is how it does. And this is how you are able to just push it to the side, as which he was talking about in the article. He was saying, like, the deans, they kind of brush it off as, a, oh, these types of things have happened. There's nothing that we can do about it. And it's because you don't live it. You don't experience it. You have nothing in your life to compare it to. So you are able to say that, oh, it's not that big a deal. Let's just keep moving. That Those types of things I feel like we have to be mindful of in order to really get these conversations moving and to be progressive and to really teach people the things that we go through. True. That's very true. And we definitely want you guys to join in on the conversation with us. We could exert so many hours talking about this subject and devote so many shows to this because this is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this subject. But definitely read this article. We're going to post it on social media, and we definitely want you to read this article and join in on the conversation by hashtagging ChatBC. Again, hashtag ChatBC and join the conversation. Definitely. But it's now time to move on to our Random topic. Now, today's random topic is the probably, to me, the most random topic of them all. Randall, tell us about this this, uh, topic. Okay, so the topic of today, it's another uh, random topic correlates somewhat to some degree with our main topic. It's talking about uh, just racial issues. So there's a girl that, and let let us preface this statement by saying that I found this. Uh, this was sent to me on social media. It was an article that was posted by Bossip.com. That's B-O-S-S-I-P.com. I am not always 100% sure if all Bossip stories are legit. So I'll preface our story with that by saying that I'm not saying that this is 100%, but we're going to speak on it as if possibly were. So basically, there's a girl. She writes into uh, Bossup.com, and she's looking for help. Her situation, she has a, she's an African-American 
a woman. She is in an interracial relationship with a white a white guy. He makes statements and basically he wants her to role he wants to role play during sex and he wants her to be his slave and he is the master. Bizarre, right? So it gets even better. He makes comments um to her during sex like who's your master? Uh while they're out, he has made a comment he, another white person has looked at her and he said to her and under his breath that hey don't look at you sh- don't look at her because that's my slave he's saying this to his girlfriend when she expressed her concern to him that hey you know it's a little offensive that you're making these comments about me being your slave i don't like it his response is in a quote unquote joking way you shouldn't be ashamed of your heritage laugh out loud so this young lady, <laughs> exactly, this young lady I can't, I can't. writes to Bossa and is saying, should I be concerned with my boyfriend's actions? Because he says there's nothing for me to worry about. And should I oblige and role play and let him be the master and I be the sex slave, of which I forgot to mention, that they have acted out rape scenes before where he rapes her for them to have sex. A whole other, exactly, a whole other issue. But the thing that gets me is this young lady writes in with a question of should I be concerned? So here's the random thing, and here's the thing that's just like, wait a minute, hold on. Where's your homegirl? Where's your mama? Where's your cousin? Somebody needs to slap fire from you because the fact that you're even dealing with this guy is ridiculous. Like, I just, I read this. When it was sent to me, I read it, and I'm like, what? And I read through the whole thing, and I even read Boss's response, and their response was kind of pretty much like mine, but I'm just like, is this, this can't be real. Nobody would go through this. And I'm like, yo, somebody had to maybe even be going through a a quarter of this in order to even fabricate the article, if it were fabricated. Who does this, yo? This this is a no (sighs) – Lisa, take the reins. I just (laughs) – I just don't know what to say. I just – this is unbelievable. This is some strawberry lettuce type stuff right here. I don't know what to say. It's it's this is random. It's I, some strawberry letters, but it needs to be the X Files because uh, if it were me, <laughs> you would be telling your mama to get a black dress out because you going home to see your maker. You better get right with them. <laughs> whoever you, you believe die? made you, right? Whoever you believe, you finna made die you? or no? Hey, you finna die or no? <laughs> ain't no or no. Nah, you finna die or you finna die. Like. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> well, are you? She got low self-esteem. That must be it. That's I don't even think she has a self-esteem. Not even low self-esteem. Her self-esteem has know. to be non-existent. You, <laughs> if I was talking to her right now, I just think it's just like one of those things where if I see her, I just want to hug her because I don't know how she's processing like 
information. I just you don't. you real saved. You real real saved. You want a hugger? I got some some sisters and some god sisters that I'm sure would want to slap her, not hug Push her down the stairs, not hug She needs help. Somebody she needs knock love. her upside the head. She needs love. She's looking for love. No, she don't need love. <laughs> she needs love. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> she needs a little bit more than love. Love? No. Love is what she thinks she got. Trying to love this dude is what got her in the situation to ask the stupid question. <laughs> That's this one put her in this precarious predicament. Exactly. No, 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 no. She don't need love. <laughs> she way beyond love. She needs something else. <laughs> but it's real from what you need. Cause, well, let me yeah. tell you, you got to love her. And this leads us to our quote of the week. This, today's quote of the week, this week's quote of the week, rather, shall I say, is the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we love only the reflection of ourselves we find in them. Thomas Murto. And this is so real. My big sister um, was talking to me about this yesterday, about loving people in spite of, and real love does not tolerate or want somebody to be something Real love accepts who they already are. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I just feel like, look, <laughs> y'all real, real safe and real, real diplomatic. But at the end of the day, I think we both in this because, you know, we get something out of this thing. I understand, you know, you got some issues and some things you want to work on. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if time after time after time, you ain't giving me what I need, bro. Well, I'm here. <laughs> like you hit me up when you get it together and let me know when you're ready to provide for me what I need. That don't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't believe that I should be saying, "Oh, well, I'm just gonna stay in this thing because they had a potential." The people that's in hell had potential to live, right? But they didn't have to see where they at, right? <laughs> We can't, if the world operated on potential, guess what? They should all be not in hell, right? They should be living living the high life because they could potentially have done right. I just feel like, yo, I can't be sitting around here while you have stepping, not even showing up. And I'm like, well... One day, they just going to get it right, and I'm just going to have hope. Okay, I got hope that you will get it right, so I'll be over here. You call me when you're ready. When you ready to get your life together, and you can provide me what I need, hit me up. Call me. I'll meet you where you are. I'll even use my gas to drive to you. But until then, I'll let you. <laughs> I'm good. When I go, when I, I'm going to die, and I'm going to get to God, and I'm going to be like, well, he can be like, so son, what did you do for me? I'm like, well, I had the potential to. And he can be like, you know what, I, you you are great. Come on in because you have potential. All right. <laughs> when it's time to pay the bills, I'm going to tell my landlord, look, I have potential to give you your, your rent this month. But um, I, I ain't got it. So I intended. You, you know my heart. <laughs> right. So what you going to do, kick me out? Like, you can't kick me out. You supposed to say, nah, he can be like, all right, bro, you uh it's just about loving them in spite of who they are. Oh, okay. Not I trying love to make 
Oh, I I can love you from anywhere, from <laughs> outside your door, outside your life, outside your address book. I can love you anywhere. You don't got unconditional love. No, I do. It, it's rare, unconditioned. Any condition you want to come in, I can love you. <laughs> Whatever condition you come in, beat up, torn, tired, raggedy, ugly. <laughs> Whatever you got, I should have Right over my house. <laughs> yeah, I just. But you know what? Y'all don't follow me. Y'all follow me. So Lisa is a really, really good person. And she has a heart of gold. As Steve Harvey always says, God is still working on me. Even if he was working on me for the next 25 years, he's still working on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's working on me. Well, we thank you for listening to this week's episode of Brent Culture. We We want to remind you to sign up for our newsletter at www.brentculturebc.com. There is a space at the bottom of the website for you to sign up so you can get the weekly updates of the podcast. You'll be the first to know what's posted. We want you to also follow us on social media at Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Brunch Culture. And again, remember, at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.